Welcome to Dig It. I hope you're all having a fantastic morning. I'm here with my two lovely ladies, the sharp edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you girls today? My head's Hang spinning. In there. <laughs> <laughs> it's I think been a hell all... of a week. It has been a hell of a week, right? Uh, we're all pretty lethargic and just feels like being hit with a meteor at the moment, but we're still kicking and we're still rolling. And the show must continue. So and the battle today, must go on. <laughs> uh, we've got no choice. The battle will go on, whether we like it or not, I think. <sighs> so today, well, we've got a lot of tidbits to chuck in. Uh, the two main ones is going to be the big tech hearing and the video of the doctors getting censored. We've got a lot to talk about that because that was, that was crazy. Yeah, uh, and the bar all, hearing. At right. Bar hearing. We're also going to have a little discussion about the power of words. That's a little bit different than what we normally do in this podcast, but I think we're going to take 10 minutes or so and just have a little chat about that because I think it is important. Um, yeah, and we have several, several other tidbits too, um, some good stuff. So. All right, well, let's let's roll into the doctors because that was the big thing that hit this week and what everyone's talking about at the moment. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the most orchestrated, insane, targeted takedown I think we've witnessed in real time to date. It, it, it was unbelievable. So I'm actually putting been working on an article. Um, I do have the video, I have the press conference, the 45 minute press conference, and then the two um, videos from the summit archived. So I'm gonna be embedding those into my site um, because of course, as fast as that came out. So just so people know, it's, it's I'm sure everyone knows, but <laughs> just to clarify, it's the um, America's Frontline Doctors. And it's a group of doctors that have been on the front line treating um, COVID patients for quite some time now. And they have been using hydroxychloroquine and, um, you know, antibiotics and zinc. And so they came out on, uh, gosh, all the days have bled together. This week, earlier in the week, they came out and they did the press conference and they had this white coat summit. It was a two-day summit. And as fast as this went up, it was just boom, 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 domino effect of Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, not just taking down their videos, but targeting people who were retweeting it, like Don I, Jr. and Sydney. I got taken and out. you, Edge, right? <laughs> yeah, I was put in Twitter jail this week. I yeah, I can't believe I honestly can't believe that I wasn't because I did one hell of a threat on that one. Um, so, you know, calling it out as it is, which is murder. It's essentially murder. These, these people know that it works. There are studies showing it works. There are doctors all over and not even just in this country that have been saying and screaming from the rooftops, Hey, you know, I've treated 100 patients, not one of them has died. I've treated 200 patients. I've treated 300 patients, not one of them has died. And 
they just, and, and it wasn't just that. Then it was like the very next morning, immediately they got to get Fauci on. Good morning, America. And I mean, this was such an orchestrated attack. It's, uh, oh, and Robbie Starbuck. It was basically anyone that Trump retweeted pertaining to this, they removed them too and threw them in timeout. So I see that Sydney just got back on uh, this morning because as of last night, she was still locked out. But this is, this is the most disgusting and alarming thing to witness, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely it's, insane. I feel like I'm not even living in America anymore. Oh, it, they, they censored Don Jr. They censored Dr. Kelly Ward, who is the chairwoman of the Arizona Republican Party. They censored you, Edge. Uh, it, was, it was crazy. It was just, I've, I've never seen anything that was so orchestrated so fast. You, you know what's funny? What's funny is the video that they made me take down and that they locked me out for was a video it wasn't the the there was one video that went really viral and it was one of the doctors and she was telling her personal testimony which was very compelling and passionate and it just came across and just resonated with so many people but she was calling it a cure and that was their excuse for taking that down was that she was are you talking about stella Emanuel? yes yeah i've forgotten her name but the yeah. one I had posted was of another doctor, and he never said the word cure, never once. He simply said that he was the one that brought it up, and the first one to bring hydroxychloroquine into the conversation. He wrote a paper about it. He said, Google took it down, and you still can't read it to this day. And that, and that the Lancet, he said, this is an orchestrated attack against a medication. Never seen this before. Have you ever seen this before of any kind of medication? It's been around for 65 years. It was on the World Health Organization's list of approved medicines. He said, then there was this study by the Lancet, which is this most, one of the most prestigious uh, studies in the world or, you know, uh, publishers in the world, medical publishers. And they did this study and we researched it and it was all incorrect information false information so much so that they had to to retract and he's like that's almost unheard of for the lancet to have to do and so he was everything he stated was fact it wasn't it wasn't making assumptions it wasn't making wild accusations it was just fact and they made me take that down and they silenced me for 12 hours because of it i don't understand how that has anything to do it does they just they can't have hydroxychloroquine in the news period i mean within a within a 12-hour time frame they went from removing every single video from locking out people from their accounts to squarespace taking down their entire website this is this you know to then it's what i don't even know is it like 6 a.m in the morning or something good morning i don't even know when good morning america comes on but it's very early in the morning (laughs) well about the time i go to bed (laughs) And they got to have Fauci in there to cover it up. I mean, this is, this is crazy. It went so far that, you know, okay, people need to start looking into their state medical boards and their pharmacy boards because these people, there are corrupt people in those departments and they are also, I'm sure some of them are paid off. So it went viral yesterday then that Ohio's pharmacy board 
declared that there can be no dispensing or prescribing of hydroxychloroquine as treatment or prevention for COVID-19. Well, interestingly, this morning, so Stephen Hahn, the FDA, had come out, I don't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, um, but basically said that, that prescribing is between a patient and a doctor, and that hydroxychloroquine can be prescribed, and stated that there are some studies that have shown benefits. But what irks me is he still didn't go back and clean up the whole uh, removal of the emergency order that people are seeing as it therefore cannot be prescribed in clinical settings or hospitals when in fact they were removing the restrictions. And Alex Azar uh, clarified that back in June, but the FDA themselves have not come out you know, Han hasn't said anything about this. So at any rate, then this morning, oh, and major news sources, I mean, most news sources are still reporting it that way. They're reporting it incorrectly. So this morning, believe it or not, a shock to my system, Governor DeWine of Ohio comes out and says, let me read the full tweet here that he said. Oh, I, I honestly, I was like in shock when I read this. He says, I agree with the statement from Dr. Stephen Hahn, commissioner of the FDA, that the decision about prescribing hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID-19 should be between a doctor and a patient. Therefore, I am asking the Ohio Rx board to halt their new rule prohibiting the selling or dispensing of hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine for the treatment or prevention of COVID-19. The Ohio Board of Pharmacy and Ohio Medical Board should revisit the issue, listen to the best medical science, and open the process up for comment and testimony from experts. So I was actually quite stunned to see that, but that's good. Yeah, I so the big thing about this, one thing I've learned over the last day or so, is the Streisand effect on this is so <clears throat> massive. Because I was talking to one of my mates today, and he, he brought it up. He was like, how crazy is that? Like silencing the, of those doctors. And he's not conservative or he's not right wing. And he's pretty much only on Facebook. So that was, that was interesting. I was like, oh, okay. So it is getting out to other platforms. People are, people are hearing about it. Oh yeah. This went insanely viral very, very quickly. Around the world. I mean, there were people retweeting me in other languages all over the world and before it got taken down and that's how much people want this information and how much when they saw it all taken down you're right speaker on the dry sand effect all it did was just justify what these doctors have been saying there's an orchestrated attack against this medication and there's ulterior motives at hand here right and they're calling for this which it's, it's kind of funny, actually. I had a friend visit who I hadn't seen in a while, and we were talking about this um, just hours before I saw this press conference come out. And I was saying, you know, if they would just make hydroxychloroquine over the counter, problem solved. And then this press conference comes out, and that's what these doctors are calling for, because it's already over the counter in like Latin America, Indonesia, Iran, France, areas of Africa. There's just so many places where it's available over the counter, but not here. Here they want to shut it down. And it's because it's $10 versus remdesivir, which is $3,000, which is by Gilead. And they all are invested in that. 
And they don't want to talk about how Gilead's remdesivir has uh, complications, has tendency to cause kidney problems. Uh, they don't want to talk about those studies, but no, hydroxychloroquine is right. the one that's dangerous. Right. That's been around for almost 70 years. And it's proven safe. I mean, they even got, <laughs> uh, so Scott Gottlieb, the former FDA commissioner on the 29th tells MSNBC that hydroxychloroquine definitively does not work as a coronavirus treatment. Now, Gottlieb, if you recall, in February 2019, was he threatened to take action at a federal level if states did not adjust their lax vaccine exemption laws. Do you remember that? Okay, maybe not. So <laughs> I was following I was following that one. So because that's when we had 2018, 2019 was their whole measles craft, which was like mini pilot program for this. So coincidentally, the following month he stepped down and no one knows why. But he is currently a contributor at CNBC and he's a member of the board of directors of Pfizer you know, along with a senior advisor and board member of the Bill and Melinda Gates Medical Research Institute, it's also a board member of Pfizer. So these webs, these people that all are in bed together, that all profit from, from this, from us being sick, that don't give a shit if, we're, if, if we die from this because they want to keep cures from us. They are, they are, all in this together and it's literally like you flip a switch and go come on guys let's go boom got to combat combat this immediately and they're on it that fast i mean like within 12 hours we watched this massive snowball just an avalanche to just squash this now what does that tell you how many cures do you think are out there for cancer uh and other other issues and diseases that these people have squashed you think this opens some people's eyes to all of this? Absolutely. Right. We've been sounding right. the alarm about this for years. I mean, w when we did, when I did that, that modern medicine dig and learned about how these innovations were made back in the fifties or even before that on cancer and yep. were shut down so fast because it did not go with this pharmaceuticals industry. And, yep. uh, you know, it, it this has been going on for a very long time, but it's just massive now. This this whole industry, it's 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 got it's got us by the balls, you know. I mean, we we're forced to pay these ridiculous prices for medications that have all of these side effects when all these alternatives are squashed and never explored because they're they're killed off by you know big pharma. And so there's money in cures. And there's no money Simple. in it. There's no money in curing something. Right. Right. And and the fact of the matter is it's that it's that sick. It really is. Sadly. And I, and I mean, look at what they pre prescribe for depression and all that. Depression drugs are horrible and have been proven to sometimes mess up the person even more than they were. There's there's some really bad drugs out there that are clinically approved. Right. 
Right. Yep. And it's, this is good, way bigger than just Big Pharma. Big Pharma's got their hand in this for sure, but this is way beyond that. This is like global politics. This is like American politics involved in this. It's a totally political orchestrated event and big tech's involved in it too. And the censoring side of things, it's, it's a massive conspiracy to try to keep everybody sick or locked down and in fear and going with their agenda through the election. It's insane. Yeah. And if you think we're crazy, just, just look at what happened this week and how fast they took this down. We're talking about doctors, actual doctors who have been treating these patients and are telling everyone, look, this worked. They got better within 24 hours, 48 hours, you know, and they're saying in the early stages, you know, we can fix this in the early stages and, and we can do this as a preventative to get kids back in school, to get people back to work. It's, it's like, uh, one, once you get on the regimen, I, I think it's, um, it's like once a week or once every two weeks you take a pill, that's it. Mm. So they're not saying like if you've got a severe severe case of coronavirus and you're on death's door i'm pretty sure those things are not going to help you either but they're not saying that no they were pretty clear they were like no it's really effective as a um, preventative and also in the early stages and i think they made it pretty clear if you had watched the whole thing if you'd watched the actual conference that they had they did talk about that um, but that now you can't watch that. You can't watch any of that. It's all yeah, been silenced. I'm, I'm going to have to be careful editing that into this as well. Might have to fade it out a bit. Oh yeah. We're going to have to be really careful with this one for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and here's the other thing too. <clears throat> when I was, um, okay. So I have a lot of this information. You remember the, the big 111 page visual report I did on the hypocrisy I have the whole section in there on the Lancet and the FDA and I have, um, you know, when the mainstream news was coming out and having to admit that hydroxychloroquine was working and even Tapper on CNN was saying so. And there were reports by ABC and NBC and a bunch of them. And we have a Newsweek article by a a professor out of uh, Yale's school of public health in in newsweek so it's not like this was some fringe thing you know and oh it's misinformation and 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 then so you know how i was i was messaging you guys last night saying hey where's that fda screenshot that i saw floating around well you know where it is it's popping up in the right hand column of twitter at the top it's a little message saying that hydroxychloroquine does not work for the treatment of COVID-19. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I click on it and boom, there's a whole page where they're showing past posts and statements by the FDA about it not being effective. In tra- so it's Twitter that is trying to hammer this message home. Twitter is doing this. What does that tell you? There's, there's, there's a few reasons why they're doing this. And most of them, what you just stated there, 
this global conspiracy to shut this down. Money, of course, plays a game. But another big one is Trump can't be right on this. He said this before anyone else. And Trump cannot be right, right. on this. Because if oh, he's yeah. right on this, everything starts falling apart for them. Right. This whole narrative falls apart for them. Because Absolutely. he said this, he was one of the earliest ones to mention this drug. And that's yep, a big absolutely. Well. So I actually missed the um, oh, but just real quick. So I'm I'm kind of putting together a little timeline. I'm going to have the videos and I'm going to have some more information in here on the article I'm working on. I hope to have out this weekend. Um, it's it's been an ins insane insane week um, of work for me. I'm juggling many things. So, but I did not catch. Though I caught a good chunk of the bar hearing, I did not catch the tech hearing. So, um, Edge, I know you caught that one. What what did I miss there? I did. Um, yeah. Well, you know, the two <laughs> the two heroes of the story are Jim Jordan and Matt Gates. Of course, they killed it. They really took these guys to task. And of course, Jack Dorsey from Twitter wasn't there, but Zuckerberg was there. Google CEO Sundar. Pichai, I believe is how you pronounce it, and Jeff Bezos of Amazon. They were all there. So some of the highlights on this were Jim Jordan's opening statements were definitely fantastic. He cited example after example on censorship of conservatives and Google's election interference in 2016, making the case that Google was trying to interfere in the 2020 election in the same way they did in 2016. It was glorious the way that he laid that out. And he pressed Google for a commitment that they would not help Joe Biden in the 2020 election as they did with Hillary in 2016, not successfully, of course. Um, and of course, we know they're lying. He, he uh, Google's CEO, Sundar, he, of course, was like, no, we're, we're bipart or we're, we're, uh, nonpartisan we we don't we're angels <laughs> but but he did get a commitment from google that they would not interfere and help joe uh and of course we know that he is lying but right um zuckerberg was pressed for social media censoring the doctors that went viral this week and zuck tried to explain that it was because they were claiming it was a cure uh, but regardless, and we just went through that, um, the, the, entire, the entire press conference did not claim that. It was one doctor who claimed that. And they censored everything from those doctors. And so that cannot be, that's not even a, an accurate statement that they were censoring it because of the one statement about it being right. a cure. But regardless, Facebook shouldn't be the arbiters of truth, uh, especially over frontline doctors. Um, but that's exactly what he said that they shouldn't be. He actually said that we don't want to be the arbiters of truth, but we know that's exactly what they are, what they're doing. <clears throat> they're the ones that are deciding what's truth and what's not according to their belief system. Um, so that's a, another key thing that happened during the tech meeting. And then the other thing was Gates really hammered Google on, um, on Google working with China and with their military, particularly in the area of using artificial intelligence with military applications. 
but calling, um, they, he also called Google out on not working with the U.S. military for specific applications and questioning, basically questioning Google's loyalty and motives there. So those are some of the key oh, yeah. highlights. Like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, Jordan called, called Big Tech out. He said, it, you know, it's, it's not a suspicion that they're banning conservatives. It's a fact. And it is because Google has removed the home, home pages of Breitbart, the Daily Caller. Um, they threatened to demonetize and ban the Federalist. I mean, that's just to name a few. I mean, uh, he, he brought out, he brought up so many instances. Um, Amazon uh, was banning President Trump's account on Twitch. Uh, Amazon uh, banned a few books that were written by conservative commentators. This is heaps. Amazon Smile won't let uh, won't let you give to a uh, family research council and the Alliance Defense Fund, but you can give to Planned Parenthood. There's, there's, there's so many, like it's, there's, there's no conspiracy here. It's quite obvious. Oh yeah. And, so, and for, for former employees have come out, especially on Facebook that have routinely mentioned this expression of conservative views and certain hashtags and all that, which they have, they have. Oh yeah. Button. And I, I mean, I did that whole report back when we interviewed Zach Voorhees on the whole Google situation too, and covered all of, all of that and much of that stuff is still all going on so you know with actual evidence and visual proof um but, but i'll tell you one thing though i'm getting sick of these hearings i really am I know, because nothing annoying. nothing happens let, let, let's be honest nothing happens we've we did this like a year ago the same shit right and nothing's happened and these tech companies have just got worse and worse and worse and they will continue to get worse because they continue to get let off the hook and they continue to get away with it so why would you stop something that you're continually getting away with well so one thing that did happen though is the uh, commerce department is petitioning the fcc to fix the loophole that permits social media to censor without any accountability or recourse for the user so the three bullet points um mentioned in the petition here is whether and to what degree section 230 of the communications decency act provides protection for social media's content moderation decisions the conditions under which content moderation and editorial decisions by social media companies shape content to such a degree that section 230 no longer protects them and social media's disclosure obligations with respect to their content moderation practices. So <clears throat> basically they're saying that the FCC has to be more specific about who is applies under section 230, right? Mm -hmm. And also anybody who doesn't apply that opens them up to class action lawsuit for being censored. And then also they're requiring for these big tech companies to be very specific about what their policies are and then transparent about if someone violates those policies and give specifics on that. Is that what I'm understanding? That's what, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Because how many times have you gotten put in Twitter jail where there's no explanation or it's a total bogus explanation or it's just a blanket statement of you violated our rules? YouTube does that too. And, and, you know, people will write a report or what do they call that? A, like a claim or something. And, and, um, 
try to combat it. And sometimes they'll get out of Twitter jail. Sometimes they'll be permanently removed. It's just, uh, they act as publishers. They're completely controlling the content. Look, I can't even say a, a swear word on here because I'll have trolls come in and report me and I will get blocked out where these people are just, you know what I mean? It's that simple. Like I can't, I don't use hashtags. I try not to use swear words. I have to be very, very careful. And I'm not one to like to walk on eggshells. But if I don't, to some degree, because I'm already reporting on enough corruption as there is, if I'm not careful about my words in there, I'm going to get the boot. And then I can't get the bigger information, the important information out. So I have to play this little dance with them, you know? Yeah. Oh, I know. I, We're all playing the dance. Yeah, with you. But the, the even more sinister one is, is when they don't tell you that they're censoring you. The shadow banning is, and the, and the, algori uh, the algorithm manipulation is the one that is the most sinister. And you can tell, I mean, you can, if, if you're paying attention and if, you actually know what's going on in your account and your channels and you can see it. So like you, you post a video on YouTube and you're like, that's really weird. Like my numbers are not how they usually are. And you pay attention and you watch it for a little bit. And then you will notice that your numbers won't go up for an hour. They'll just freeze. Mm -hmm. You'd be oh, like, yeah. mm, okay. All right. It's one of those days. Something's triggered the algorithm and, Something's going on behind the scenes here. And we notice it in this podcast too. So like it'll be a couple of weeks where the views will be really far down. And I mean, maybe sometimes that's just shit content. But, but <laughs> the majority of the time you can tell the pattern with your accounts. If you are aware anyway. Right, right. Hey, I just want to throw a couple of uh, good points in before we roll into the bar hearing. So Operation Legend has now officially expanded to Cleveland, Detroit, and Milwaukee as well. So I think that they're up to, gosh, I don't even know how many cities now. From the ones I'm aware of, they're at least up to about seven cities now. Right? Well, we've got Cleveland, Detroit, Milwaukee. They're the new ones. Right. And Chicago, I think Kansas, okay. somewhere in New Orleans, uh, Portland. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a couple others in there too. And, and they keep insisting they're, they're not, uh, well, separately, the federal agents in Portland, Trump keeps insisting, you know, they're not leaving until they get their act together out there. It's just, it's just gotten off the hook. I, I mean, it's been off the hook for over two months, but I've seen videos, like one in particular that I, I'm remembering is this one woman li that lives in Portland and she is not a conservative. She's a liberal, but she's so sick of seeing all of the damage, all of the rioting and I'm sure. looting and just all of the illegal activity. And that she was having a conversation with all of her liberal friends and every single one of them is going red this election because they're so sick of the lawlessness. So yeah. I can tell you in a lot of these cities that tend to lean liberal, but the people I think are probably happy that there is going to be some law and order in these cities again, that their mayors and governors just really have failed to do, to take yeah. care of. 
And so, but the Democrats in the Barr hearing made it sound as though, you know, the Trump administration and Barr in particular are just the most evil people for doing this Operation Legend. Oh, yeah. Well, even 100 police agencies are pulling out of next month's Democratic National Convention in Milwaukee. I mean, what does that tell you? It's insanity. Everything is upside down. So you want to jump into this bar hearing? Oh, boy. Yeah, I missed the morning. I thought you were there. (laughs) I I missed the morning portion of it. And... uh, you didn't miss much. It was all about this, it, pretty much the same consistence consistently throughout the hearing. Uh, the bar hearing this week was just a total circus. The Democrats were a total disgrace. They were trying to make this case to the American public as to why Barr should be impeached. But all sorry, they- I, sorry, sorry, I got to stop you. I got to recline my time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, that's pretty much the entire hearing. Yeah. So, yeah, all he did was just put on full display the the, the many reasons why the Democrats should be forced out of office. I mean, they brought Barr in there for the hearing, but they talked over him the entire time, making accusations against him, targeting, you know, for targeting political opponents, weaponizing the law, and even murder. Did you hear about that part? No. Yeah, it was insane. And they never allowed him time to defend himself, which is what Speaker just was alluding to, or they just, anytime he would try to speak up for himself, that I'm reclaiming my time. Mm -hmm. It was insane. It was such a mockery. You could, you could clearly see his disdain for Swalwell. Mm, And I shared that disdain. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, I'm so sick of hearings. Nothing comes from them. No, I'm I really think, I know, I know. Well, I don't know. I think this one was quite a display. I think a little something, something's going to come from this one. From the standpoint of even people on the left watching this, I think we're jaw dropped. Yes. Okay. So here's what the hearings are for. Generally speaking, speaker, the hearings are basically to put on display. It's just for public awakening, public awareness, whatever they want, talking points they want to get out. So this hearing, they were trying to make a public display of Barr and how evil he was, which totally backfired on them. I think the optics were fantastic for us and actually made them look insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so it totally backfired, but yeah, you're right. These congressional hearings really do nothing. It's the DOJ that does something. And that's why they're going after Barr is because he's doing things. Right. Um, but so the, a few good nuggets did come out of this hearing and I will, I'll go over those. So some new information came to light in that hearing specifically regarding cases of unmasking that go further back, including the unmasking of Flynn, but more people. Barr announced that a U.S. attorney, John Bash in Texas, was assigned to investigate that, and that's currently underway. So that was totally new information, and I'm interested to find out more about that as that develops. But I think that there's, we're gonna find out that a lot more people were unmasked and that it goes back way further than the timelines we've been given. So also the Democrats tried to get Barr to commit that he would not allow uh, the, the release of a report by Durham on Obamagate prior to the election. But Barr would not do that. 
So that's good news. So I, I think we're still on the same timeline. Barr has consistently said, you know, the summer, probably I'm thinking the end of the summer uh, or maybe early, early fall uh, for the release of any kind of information with regards to Bar I'm sorry, with regards to Durham's investigation. But I definitely think we'll get some stuff prior to the election, which is good. And the last thing, which was the most obvious thing to anybody who saw it, uh, was just how calm and cool Barr was and how he carried himself throughout that whole thing. The, the Democrats were trying to demonize this man. They were characterizing the actions of the ad administration, you know, uh, them defending federal buildings and, you know, taking a stance on Roger Stone and, and the Flynn cases as purely political moves and just like targeting the administration's enemies and helping their friends. But Barr didn't lose his cool at all. And while on the other hand, the Democrats, <laughs> their full Trump derangement syndrome was on display for the entire American public to see. And they were trying to spend these riots like peaceful protests, when in actuality, they actually played a video in the very beginning of the hearing showing <laughs> the riots, which was fantastic because it just completely negated at the entire hearing how they were trying to make them seem like peaceful protests. It was great. Yeah, and, and Nadler was, oh my gosh, a piece of work. At one point, I mean, the, put your masks on, put your masks on. And at one point, he started falling asleep and, and then went towards the uh, end there. Was, was great when Barr asked for a short recess and and Nadler wouldn't do it. And, and then Jordan's like, what, what he needs, he's asking for recess. This is customary. And Barr's like, look, I waited for you for an hour because, you know, he got in that minor accident on his way in there. So he finally did cave and give him his little, his little five minute break there. But what I found really wait, disgusting. Wait, and then, and then Barr goes, <laughs> he was so appalled that Nadler wouldn't let him have a break, a five minute break. He's like, he just started laughing goes you're a real class act oh yeah 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 that was good <laughs> that was good um but then the part that was really appalling is they start bringing COVID into this and they kept repeating uh 150,000 people are dead because of you and trump i mean that was just and the irony the irony that, that this is that. but this is coming out you know on the heels of uh while they are taking down and removing all the videos on the hydroxychloroquine yep <laughs> they're targeting Barr and trump saying they're responsible for 150 deaths good lord yeah the optics on that on on the, the the juxtaposition between them censoring doctors who are talking about a medication that's potentially life-saving that's being suppressed by people with political agenda and them blaming Trump and Barr for mm -hmm. killing people basically in this whole pandemic. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it looks terrible. I think the American people bought it. I like they, they, they get it. They get it and saw the hypocrisy and they're just disgusted by these people. Mm, 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 mm. I'm just, I'm pulling up because uh, I know we were going to mention the 
Maxwell documents potentially coming out today, which with probably heavy redactions, but I was just looking to see if anything dropped and I'm now seeing this. This was published an hour ago by the Daily Caller. It says judge delays unsealing of detailed 2016 Maxwell deposition. So I can glance through this real quick if you want to um, go into something else. I just want to see where we're at with this. Yeah, um, I saw that update prior to recording and it just said, basically, oh, you did? Okay. yeah, so there was a last minute appeal this week by Maxwell's legal team and they're trying to appeal to the 2015 court judge, Pretzka. And so the current judge that they're in this case with Maxwell's attorneys are asking for the delay. And so the judge granted them the delay and unsealing these docs till at least Monday, but uh, hopefully sometime next week, we'll update you guys probably next week when we, if there's new information by that point, we'll see. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. What then, else do we have? Well, right before recording, we got this new Flynn information, which is absolutely right. ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah, so the D.C. Circuit Court just granted a rehearing in bonk of the mandamus in the Flynn case. Oral arguments are scheduled for August 11th. So basically, Judge Sullivan got what he wanted. Uh, he gets to have this rehearing again. And so that starts uh, August 11th. So another delay. There yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that, um, that's been wearing on me a little bit, and I've, I've tried to do a couple articles about this in the past, um, is just, all right, we already know, fear is their weapon, right? Intimidation factor. Um, they want to intimidate people as much as possible and, and just stoke so much fear around so many different things that a person becomes discombobulated and paralyzed and just fears everything. Well, the problem is, even though people know, well, this isn't going to happen or that's probably not going to happen or this isn't true or these are just lies or, you know, in some cases, some people are aware and see the bigger picture. Even some of those people are, are continuing to perpetuate that fear by choice of words they're using. So like, for example, I had, I had retweeted an article. Now I didn't make a comment on it because I just wanted to see what people were going to say about it. And it was just a short article and the headline was something to the effect of, um, you know, Bill Gates agrees with Trump on opening schools. So most people in there, you know, commented saying, well, this, this isn't good. Well, what's his plan? Is he going to, is it because they're in the schools? So now he can vaccinate them or is he going to take out the children in the schools now? Or like all these terrible things. And I get that. I do because the man is just period. But I found it interesting there were a, a lot of comments and I did not see anyone suggest that. Okay. So, so Gates is a very calculated man, right? Yes, and he is getting a lot of money in our taxpayer dollars in grants, which is being rolled out 
over, I think over the course of four, is it four years, I believe. So, and it's over a billion dollars. So there are some things where he's going to have to give a little and he's going to have to agree a little and he's going to have to ride that line just right. He's calculated. He's not a stupid man. So by agreeing with that, you know, and, and, and I think it was mostly like children up to 13 years old. And then he went on a little different tangent with high school type thing. But, but the point is like, no one processed it in that manner. Everyone, everyone went to, he's going to try and take out the kids and stuff. And the thing is, is by, by putting that information out there and by, I just see it a lot. Do you, do you guys hear what I'm saying? There's just, there's a lot of yeah. hardcore native words. Like there's going to be a civil war and we're all going to rise up and everyone needs guns and we're going to be fighting across this entire country and it's going to be a battle zone and just all these dark, horrific things. Well, shit, man, if that's what you want, keep saying it because you're going to manifest it. You know, people have to be careful with their words. Yeah, I words think of, that people words, are- Words are magic, yeah. What's that? Are... Words, words are magic. <laughs> that's why they call it spells yeah think yeah. about it i think that people are speaking mostly from fear when it's is what you're talking about Corey. and if we just speak from a place of you know confidence that we will win we will get through this it, sure it's going to be tough um, but we're smart and we're united and we're seeing things as they truly are and that's half the battle, uh, is just not walking blindly into a position where we're totally vulnerable. So I think the fact that a lot of Americans have woken up to this, this game they're playing with us, this holding us hostage with this pandemic, right. um, they're waking up to that. I think that that's winning half the battle. But we don't need to come from a place of fear and we don't need to stoke fear by saying things like, you know, it's going to be a bloody civil war and, and that kind of thing. Or, you know, if you go, if your kids go back to school, there's some sort of nefarious agenda that's going to wipe them all out or, you know, whatever the, the topic, topic is of that day or week. Right. right. And I'm not suggesting that some of what's going on isn't scary because it is. And I mean, you know, fear is a natural defense mechanism. I get it. And, and there's a lot of depression and this is hard stuff we're going through right now. I'm just saying, man, people be very careful with your words and what you're projecting and putting out there. Um, because if you've got millions of people suggesting that we're going to go into a civil war and we're going to fight and we're going down there with our guns. And, you know, it just, it, it exacerbates the situation. Yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from there. It's, it's really about, because we've been living in such a state of fear. That's just for, so for this whole time, for months, you know, everybody's just on this heightened state of awareness and uh, everybody's on edge. So and that's really what you just said right there, the heightened state of awareness. So, so look, a lot of people say, oh, people aren't waking up and, and people are just naive and they're the sheep and this and that. And yeah, that's true in some cases, but here's the thing. The reality is right now, the world is more awake than it's ever been before. Everyone's senses are heightened. 
everyone's eyes are opening. Everyone is paying attention, whether it's through social media, through the news, through talking to their neighbors or their family or their coworkers. People want to know and want to stay in the loop of what's going on because they are now feeling the repercussions. They're feeling the impact of this. So right now, everyone's senses are heightened and not, people not, are no longer not everyone. I'm going to have to put that in. Not everyone, but a lot of people. Who isn't aware of what's going on in the world right now? I mean, on some level, everyone's being affected by this. A shit ton of commies that are burning down buildings. Well, <laughs> they're awake too, just on a totally different level. I mean, my point is... just covering up what you're saying. <laughs> no, no. I mean, my, my point is... Of course is they're the aware, but no they're on... asleep. They're on a different wavelength, though. I don't think you call them awake. They're working on just pure emotion. I'd say a lot of people in academia, a lot of liberals are still totally bought into this thing. I mean, and I face them daily in my personal life, you know, friends, neighbors, family members, the school that my kids are now having to not actually physically go to, but do online school with. So because of the, everybody's in such a state of fear to go back to school, it's ridiculous. But right. there it's are a lot of people still bought in. Right, right, right. But that's not what I mean when I say awake. That's, I'm not talking about awake that they know exactly what's going on with the bigger picture. I'm talking everyone's tuned in right now. Got People it. are no longer yeah. sleeping. Yeah, they're tuned so, into something. Yeah. What's that? They're tuned into something, if that's the point you're going for, yeah. Right. <laughs> but mm. that's important because being completely dormant and not seeing anything that's going on, at least they're starting to see, you know, the lights are on. It's just a matter of filtering in the proper information at this point, but the lights are finally like, everyone's having to pay attention to what's happening right now. Because right. it's, it's touched down. everybody and every, every single person in some way, shape or form is, is affected by this. So all over the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's paying attention and it just depends on who you're paying attention to because yes, there's so much fake news, lies, even to the people that you're supposed to trust the most. The most. So right. that's why a lot of people are, are tuned in. They're paying attention. It's just, they're paying attention to the wrong stuff. So, right. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's where shift starts to happen. First you have to go from, from, you know, from dormant to at least opening your eyes. And so now the eyes are open and now the shifts can start to occur. That's, that's my point I'm trying to get across. Yeah, I get it. Yep. And the huh? thing is, is that, you know, when you're operating from this state of fear, which a lot of people are on both sides, actually, because, you mm -hmm. know, um, the people I would say that are bought into the mainstream narrative that, you know, the numbers are real. This is, you know, a, a terrible pandemic. And if you let your kids go to school, if you go back to work, if you go to church, whatever, then you're going to get sick and die. Or you're not taking care of your most loved family members. Because you're a horrible person. I mean, the guilt shaming is just terrible. So mm. a lot of people are still bought into that and living in the, 
and, and fear on the left. And then on the right, I think a lot of people are totally awake to what's really being pushed on us, all of the lies, uh, this whole narrative about the fake numbers, about the, the, the pandemic, plandemic, um, mm-hmm. the, the vaccine, the, the, the medications, the attempts to censor and suppress certain things that could, could really heal people and save lives. It's just that's so overwhelming that they see just no way out other than the most uh, extreme scenarios. And right. that is fearful for them as well. So right. I think the best thing for us to do is just to you know, try to instill a sense of stability and calm with the people that we, uh, that are around us in personal lives and on social media with the words that we use and the uh, demeanor that we have, you know, and just having just a, a sense of peace and calm because there's so much instability and that's by design. They, oh, they, yeah. they don't want you to be able to, to sit back and relax. They, they want everything to be unstable because that's what causes all of this tension and fear and anxiety. They want everyone to be in a perpetual panic attack. It's yep. A- yep. And the more that we do that, we're just playing right into them. So the more we stay calm and calculated and see things for what they are and, you know, per- perpetuate that in our, in our conversations with other people, that's how we fight it. I think. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, when, because the reality is if, if you are in the mindset, like you were just describing and then a friend, you know, you call a friend and then a friend, you know, gives you words of encouragement and everything. And what does it do? It brings you to a state of more peace and calm. So imagine if more people were doing that and more people were having the faith and having clarity and trying to come from a place of, of more peace and calm, uh, the ripple effect that would have would be phenomenal. Right. And I think that we would get more accomplished that way. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, we lost speaker. Well, we seem to have lost speaker. (laughs) Yeah. No, he's messaging over in Twitter, probably from his phone. He said, I think I lost internet. Well, at least... At least he made it through the whole show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could just wrap it up, and and you, if you. Yeah, want to he said, that. go ahead and wrap it up. He doesn't think he can get back in. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. sounds good. All right, guys. So stay calm, stay with us. We're here with you guys all the way, and uh, we'll get through this together. So thanks for joining us here on Dig It with Speaker, myself, the Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey Stiggs. We'll see you back next time, right here on Dig It. No fear. Thank you.